Hi there. Welcome to Next Creator Up. My name is Aaron Prudell. Each week I speak with an emerging or established creator in one of numerous fields to explore their heart, mind, work, and process. Wherever you are in your creative journey, you'll get a number of tips and insights to help you get past your blocks and bring your ideas to life. Hey creators, before we get started, just a quick note. You can receive updates for the show, as well as special offers and exclusive content, including unaired lightning round Q&A by joining Creative Lightning. It's a free newsletter full of little inspirational nuggets that could help you bring your ideas to life. Learn more and sign up at nextcreatorup.com slash creativelightning. Lucy is an oil and oil pastel painter. Her paintings are in private collection throughout the world in Australia, China, France, South Africa, Finland, Germany, and the United States. In this episode, we discuss her creative process, how painting helped heal her depression, being courageous as an artist, and her method for being more expressive and freeing yourself up. Without further ado, please welcome our next creator up, Lucy Chen. Hi, Lucy. Welcome to the show. Hi, Aaron. Thank you so much. I'm so honored to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me to the interview. Of course, of course. Uh, The pleasure is all ours. And uh, I'd like to get started just for those who don't know. Can you give a quick summary of who you are and what you're currently working on? Yeah, sure. Um, My name is Lucy and I am an artist. I work in Sydney, Australia. So right now it's very hot in in Australia here. And I I mainly do portraits, oil paintings and oil pastel paintings. And what I'm currently working on is the main project I'm currently working on is actually a deck of 78 tarot card paintings. So that is my main project at the moment. And I also do other bits and pieces for my monthly auctions and my Patreon tutorials and YouTube channel, that kind of things. Oh, that's great. Uh, I'm curious. I'm always curious. When did you know you wanted to be an artist? And when did you actually start? Mm, Okay, that's actually a pretty, you know, well, we all want to know the artist, you know, um, the origin story. So my... My, my earliest memory of doing drawing was, you know, I was pretty little and I was doing some drawings, I think either pencil or color pencil. Um, and I remember and this, um, just on, you know, just on a bench, I was sitting on a little stool and there's, you know, the, the longer bench that the adults would sit on. I rem- that's my first memory. And really actually started learning to draw and paint when I was um, 29. So just two months before my second child's birth. So that's, I just stumbled upon an online um, art class that teaches you how to paint. Because as I said, I did some drawings before, but I never painted. And I just really wanted to learn that. And so I enrolled in that course. And after some warm-up with charcoal exercise, then the next lesson was that you start painting and um, that lesson was in acrylic paint. So I just went out and bought some acrylic paint. And the first time I just squeezed paint, mixed paint and just, you know, dab some paint on the canvas. And even though it was extremely difficult to mix, a, you know, flesh color skin tones and mine was more like muddy and flat rather than anything you know, resemble skin color. Um, I just knew that I want to spend the rest of my life doing paintings. So, yeah, 
that's how I started and, and then never looked back since. That, that's fascinating. So it, you've acknowledged that art has helped you heal through depression. Can yeah. you talk about that and in what ways it's helped? Growing up, I, was, I had learned um, to not get in touch with what I feel, with my emotions. I don't know if it's the Chinese culture or uh, you know, the mainland Chinese culture or, or if it's common in the West as well. Popular with the male, so it's a very masculine kind of energy where, you know, your feelings or emotions are not important. It's what you do, right? If you feel depressed, if you feel unhappy, that's not important as long. You know, that's not important. You just need to get over it and be able to do the job that you're meant to do. So with that, a lot of times, even when I, uh, you know, feel upset and feel it's not right, I would just say, you know, sweep it under the sofa or sweep under the you know, whatever the, term, the slang is for that, and just not pay attention to it. So I think with that, that build up a lot of, um, you know, the I think the darkness, if you would, just grows bigger and bigger inside until you can't ignore it anymore. And it, it just got to a point when I was in my darkest place and I didn't even know I was depressed. I didn't know until... I cut myself. So that is like, you know, um, you know, you ignore your feelings for so long. Well, now this is what you can't ignore anymore, right? It's like, right. you know, somehow it just came out, like erupted. So that's how I knew that, wow, you know, I seriously needed help. Like I was not right. You know, my mental health is really in the trash. <laughs> Right. You know, despite it's I, you know, on the surface, it seemed like I had a family, I could perform, uh, do things, but you know, mentally I was really not right. So that's when I was really forced to face the fact that I couldn't ignore what was going on inside anymore, and I really need to look into myself and pay attention to myself. So, um, and. Being able to um, paint had actually really helped me. And, and so what I did was actually, it was just um, intuitively, I just wanted to paint myself. So I just put a mirror next to my easel and had some oil paint and brushes and started painting self-portraits. And I find that to be extremely, extremely healing. And um, yeah, I painted a lot of self-portraits in those two years. and. I think they really, um, it is this process of painting self-portraits that just really, um, I guess if I was at the bottom of a well or bottom of a pit, like each um, self-portrait is like a step on up the ladder that just helped me got out of that pit. Mm. What is it about painting yourself? By looking at yourself in the mirror and then painting yourself, how does that really pull you out of yourself? So at the time of painting, I wasn't thinking so much of, you know, having the goal of healing myself because I didn't know that painting self-portrait would be healing, right? So at, at that time, so just in a really dark place and I had some time in the day now and I wanted to start painting and I didn't know what to paint. So, you know, I, I just always like, I, I've always been interested in painting portraits, but I didn't know what kind of portrait I want to paint. It's not like I have... Like now when I'm painting the tarot cards, I have a concept that I just start brainstorming how to convey a message 
at that time, it was not like that at all. I was just in really feeling really lost and probably like no inspiration either. But I just want to, you know, pick up this painting thing and started painting something. And, and you know, I just had the idea for, well, let's just paint myself since I didn't know what to paint. I had no concept, no idea, not even imagination of what I would paint. So the easiest thing I think for me to do is just paint myself because I am available. I just set the mirror next to the easel. I can just look at myself and paint my face. And I even painted my body, my nude body, you know? So it was just because I started painting self-portrait probably, you know, more like I didn't have any other ideas of what to paint. So at that time, it was not like I'm using imagination or even creativity consciously, at least it wasn't consciously using them. It was just wanting to find a subject so I can let out something like, because I think probably all humans, I think have the urge to create something rather than always consuming things, right? So I want to output, have some output, produce, create something. So I just painted, so self-portrait was for me somehow either intuitively you could say, or for lack of other ideas or the easiest, path for me at that time was just paint myself whatever whatever I see in the mirror so at the time of painting self-portrait I had no idea that it would be a healing experience is but I just started feeling um uh, I guess starting feeling a bit stronger um starting feeling because when I look back at the painting it wasn't I wasn't consciously aware of like I couldn't put into words what this painting meant to me or what aspect of myself I painted or what I felt at the time of painting or what I felt about this painting after painting or during the process of painting I couldn't put into words to consciously know about that so but I just kind of started to not cry as much not feeling um that I need to like hide in the oh I have this you know kind of this big, dark, heavy sadness, like started to spread out like weight on my body that I had to like just hide and before my kids see me cry. So I just not start to not have that, you know, anymore. Right. And um, I just started to feel a bit lighter. Um, and, well, you've uh, come to, yeah, yeah as I say, you've come a very long way, you know, since then. I, I've looked at a lot of your paintings and they have a very vivid, and mystic or dreamlike quality to them. They feel to me almost like a Tim Burton film. It, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, that's that's the first thing that came to my mind as I was looking looking through them. But a very mystic quality and, and dreamlike. I mean, how would you describe your style, and how did you discover and develop that style? Ah, uh, okay. So I think my style probably. Um, evolved through you know since I started painting myself portraits and I actually have like you know this style like you know um my you know students from my courses and you know ask will ask you know how you um develop your style and you know uh I think a lot of artists you know beginner or as we progress will often think about you know what's my style and for me I Other than I really like 
love colors. You know, I wouldn't say my my color palette is probably very, very rarely very muted, right? It's always more colorful. I think you know that would be one way that I would describe my style. And also another way that I would describe my style is that I like my art to kind of feel a sense of you know. Beauty, rather, you know how I. It's not this. Uh, I feel yes, like you know, feels beautiful. You know, beautiful in a way. Um, and kind of want when I look at my painting, I want to kind of feel have a kind of positive feeling because I know there are art that kind of even though when I'm painting the dark themes, right? So now when I'm painting tarot paintings, there are some cards that are dark, like the theme is pretty dark, but. What I want to bring to this kind of work is still there's a sense of um, uh, there's a sense of uh, beauty and a sense of bright side even to the dark themes, you know. So that's what I want to convey in my work, and I think, uh, and you know, in terms of the techniques, I think I range a bit like I like to paint really um, loosely and sometimes just paint really loose really fast with really visible brush strokes and sometimes I like to have more refined ones and it's more about the concept rather than the expressive expressive brush work so you know when students ask how you develop your style that kind of things and I just say you know really just do what you want to do and our style comes out eventually right it's like you know our handwriting and in whatever way I paint, I, I, my handwriting is, in, is present, I think. I, and I know that there are many different types of methods and techniques that you teach. Uh, the Alla Prima method and the Old Master Titian technique, to name a couple, if I hopefully pronounce that correctly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is your favorite technique and why? Oh, I, I really don't have any favorite technique. Um, it really depends on uh, what I want to do with that piece. Probably, uh, so, so, oh, I, okay. So I think there's one thing that's pretty consistent across all of my different techniques, whether I want to paint, you know, the old master's technique with, you know, multi-layers of glazing, which I tend to do less nowadays just because it's a bit slow. <laughs> <laughs> And I want to, you know, I have so many ideas that I want to go through and they are a bit slow. <laughs> so that's probably I use a bit less. And it only once in a while, I really want to get into a very slow, just intentionally slow myself down, then I will use that technique. Um, but but in terms of um, oil paintings, I still do, you know, most of the time um, I still do you know, a few layers, if not in the old master's way of Grisel and then color layers and that kind of thing. As, you know, you, you still, you know, at, at least you really do a la prima, which I also do, um, you start to add some layers anyway. But okay, so don't, uh, don't get too far. So I find that one thing that I can say that is consistent in most of my work, whether I paint really fast and you know, finish a portrait in a couple of hours or days or weeks um, is that I almost, almost always have an intention of what I wanted to paint now. So that is very different than the time where I was painting self-portraits. So when I paint self-portraits, I probably don't have any idea of 
what I wanted to paint. Even nowadays, when I do a self-portrait as a practice, most of the time I don't have an idea of what I wanted to to paint, unless it was I took reference photo of myself so that I could, you know, for for another project like a tarot card or something. So, so nowadays when I paint, I almost always have an initial intention for that piece or like what I wanted to say in that piece. So I know um, some artists start, you know, doing just really expressive, intuitive marks and then the art evolve. And for me, I find that um, I tend to start with and and more clear intention first. So I think that's one thing that's probably more consistent now with with my work. Gotcha. I was looking through a video tutorial you have in regards to helping people paint more expressively. And yeah, yeah, it was really awesome video. And your first tip I found very interesting. You said to ditch the pencil sketch and to instead (laughs) sketch with a paintbrush. What's the idea behind this method and why does it help free people up to be more expressive? Yeah, because yes, I so yeah, that is one of the tips that I myself find really helpful. So, so the idea is, you know, with a pencil, or um, you know, you have this fine tip with a pencil, and and the pencil is also not that long, <laughs> so you tend to, you know, we are trained to hold the pen or the pencil in a certain way in order to have better handwriting, to write properly, and to even draw properly to do lines properly. And when we hold a pencil, we tend to um, use my wrist a lot. And it, it, it just tightens you up, you know? And I think that because we're trained to write, you know, um, neatly with a pen or pencil. So the, the instant that we grab a pencil and start to hold it that way, our subconscious mind would just, you know, basically condition us to work in a certain way, in a more to made us, you know, be more neat, right? So we just unconsciously starting to become more neat and more tight with what comes out from, you know, the body, the, to the arm, to the hand, to the pencil, to the canvas. So it's just, I think we're conditioned to be more tight with the pencil. And also given that the fine tip with a pencil, you can't help but just become, oh, you know, you can't make bold, large, or, you know, thick, big marks you just have that thin little line that you you have to refine you know say if we draw a face and if that line is not a you know if the line is kind of going wiggly and that kind of things it's not like a perfect curve or something you kind of just go you know (laughs) so it, it just tightens you up but if you were to go with like a bristol brush and dip a little bit of paint and you know you thin that paint to be, you know, that pen is almost fluid and you just make a big mark, say you draw the contour of the face, you know, it, it just frees you up. You you do it with your arm instead of a wrist and you just do a very quick, like, you know, a uh, uh, contour of the face, like a oval, or you do a little bit of your, you know, the socket of the eyes, the, you know, a little bit of your nose, that kind of things. and. It's a broad mark, you know, and we can refine it later. So I just find when the, if you can start with a brush, you just instantly get you out of that, um, 
probably subconscious or unconscious conditioning of holding a pencil where you have to be neat. So I I think that's pretty helpful for for me to when I want to paint loose and expressive. So when I've been painting a few paintings where I had a pretty carefully planned concept and then did a drawing and transferred the drawing to the canvas and started rendering carefully. When I have done a few of that, I really need to loosen up and be more expressive. Um, so that's, you know, the video that I made. So like I always just start with sketching with a brush instead of, you know, <laughs> so that's very <laughs> different than the other method where I did a drawing and transferred the drawing. So I kind of need the balance of doing doing that that will help me just get expressive and just see what kind of marks comes out. That makes sense. Uh, you have a, a quote on your website by Henry Matisse that says, creativity takes courage. Why is this quote meaningful to you? And is there a particular time where you needed to remind yourself of this idea most? Yes, yes. Uh, I I think I need to remind myself almost every day. That's why it's on my website. So <laughs> so I think, you know, this creativity takes courage. I think I can probably take it back to the time when I was depressed and painted self-portraits. Because, you know, when I painted self-portraits, actually looking at myself and painting self-portraits, I didn't know about Louis Hayes' mirror work. And it was two years later that I saw that Louis Hay has a book, I think a book, right? Do you know, is that a book that's called Mirror Work? But I know Louise Hay had a mirror work that I look on. I think she has a, the Hay House has a course on mirror work. So, so and I had a look at, you know, um, the, the website and, and, and mirror work and I was, oh, wow, that's what I have been doing. Uh, it's mirror work. It's like looking at yourself in the mirror and say I love you and I just took it a step further that I actually was expressing self-love by honoring myself and actually painting myself as a way of honoring myself and you know painting yourself on a canvas is a way of saying I deserve to be painted I deserve to be made into a piece of art if you will right and so that is actually, I think that takes courage. And when I found that that was me um, expressing my courage too. So as I was looking into, you know, this mirror work and it actually, and found that people had been practicing mirror work. One thing that I found was that people actually need the courage to actually go in front of the mirror, look themselves, look themselves in the eye in the mirror and actually say I love you you know look at yourself in the mirror and say I love you Lucy right that actually takes courage you know so I think that was my first step when when it was a courageous act you know um and painting myself naked in front of a mirror that was also a very courageous act. And that helped me get on the path of healing and self-development and everything else that comes afterwards. And I think 
um, everything takes courage, and especially in in painting as an artist, because once we find, even in terms of the techniques and our style, what we talked about before, it takes courage because I think um, for for many of us, probably we don't like to always paint in the same way again and again, or paint the same subject again and again. And but you're not sure if you do something that is different, would that come out all right? Like uh, I think it also even on this probably more mundane or day to day level in terms of the actual creative practice, it takes courage to try something different, um, to try to push your your comfort zone a little bit, you know, um, a little, you know, a little bit at a time. And sometimes you want to do something that's radically different. Uh, so, you know, for me, it's still, um, still, you know, sometimes it's seeing, also saying yes to some projects that I'm not sure that I am ready for, but I takes the courage to say yes to. So for instance, uh, uh, there was um, that a like um, a tarot reader actually just you know uh, sent out a broadcast saying that they are looking for an artist to paint a deck for them. So uh, so if would apply, apply. So that you know I kind of knew that you know this this would be very different than what I have done before. But um, I just pitched myself, you know, I pitched my ideas and did a trial card for this um, reader and it was out of my comfort zone. So she sent me a a brief of what she wanted to uh, convey or depict in this card and it was challenging, you know, but I took up the challenge and, and she loved it. So I think... And I particularly told myself that this is going to be very different than what I have been doing. And I told myself I need to have the courage to to try it, to do my best and see what happens. And it will help me grow. So when when I feel like, oh, this is uncomfortable, I'm not sure I can put it off. And that takes courage and courage helps you grow. Like with this interview, <laughs> I was nervous. <laughs> And I think, you know, probably not everyone probably feels nervous, but I did. And I had to do some tapping before our interview and say, you know, even though I'm really nervous about this interview, I completely and deeply love and accept myself, you know, do a few rounds of tapping. So to get into the interview. So I think, you know, it's a good thing that we feel nervous and probably that's because you're excited as well. And it takes you out of your comfort zones and, yeah, and then once you move out, the world just grow a little bit bigger for you. <laughs> I absolutely so, yeah. agree. And I'm so happy that you uh, have been courageous and that you've done the uh, tarot work because I did see the painting of the Empress, which is a major arcana card uh, in the tarot. And yeah. if if I'm not mistaken, that the empress embodies confidence Uh, is that right yes yes definitely the empress definitely embodies confidence confidence is a very yes a big part of the the empress you know it's 
is so confident and so grounded in yourself, in your body, and in in your environment that you are you are so and you are just open to receiving. Like that's another aspect. So you are so confident, you are so grounded in yourself and in your environment that you are not like efforting to um for things. You know, you are not efforting to get things, but you are just so confident that you are like you attract things. Like you know. It's just like Mother Earth, right? Things just grow um, out of the earth, you know. You know, Mother Earth doesn't have to do anything, and yet everything just, you know, happens on Mother Earth. Yeah, so absolutely, it's, it's that it's that kind. And I think the Empress is also about receiving. So the Empress is the card that I choose that I want to consciously embody more this year. So that's why I made the Empress my first painting of twenty nineteen because I want to, you know, embody this confidence more and also the ability to receive. And I think to receive also takes confidence and courage because I, for myself at least, and and I see in you know some of the you know. My, you know, the my friends um, receiving. Actually, many of women have these blocks to receiving, and you know, res- or have certain blocks or resistance to receiving, receiving pleasure, receiving abundance, receive just things that seem to come to you easily or naturally. You pop if you're you pop if you don't have the confidence. You probably be blocking it or repelling it. You know what I mean? Because to be able to receive, that takes that belief that I deserve. You know that I am good enough, so I deserve this. And for me, growing up with you know the conditioning of everything I do is trying to please someone else that I love and care about, and what I care about, what and what I want. Had been secondary or even lower than the priority list to the point that I didn't even I lost it. You know, I had that kind of block of I'm not good enough. I don't deserve that. Had I, you know, through my self and self awareness work or you know self shadow work to dip into you know all these kind of blocks myself, I actually found out these are actually. You know what has subconsciously holding me back in my life, so that's why I want, really want to embody the Empress, is to have that confidence so that I am also open to receiving and also just go about life with confidence. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, yes, confidence and courageousness is a big part of the creative process. But I'm very yeah. curious. How would you describe your creative process from concept to execution? Okay, so probably um, I I think probably the many two ways, like many two ways that I do the concept um, to execution. Because as I said, I always almost always start with concept first. So I say there are two ways that I go about this because, as you see, that I like to sometimes have a very carefully planned, planned out concept and drawing, and the other ways that I like to get a little bit loose and just 
paint more expressively. So there will be two ways. So one is the more finely rendered way, I would say. Another will be a more loose and expressive way. So the concept stage. So with the first, um, the first I will talk about the more you know finely rendered way um, would be an example would be the current tarot card series that I'm painting, like the Empress that um, in that series. So I will start with a, so how I start would be, you know, I will feel like, probably I feel a draw to start or certain card, have very vague idea. It's like, you know, it's like you see an image in your head, but you can't really see it very clearly. You, it's like, you know, many layers of fog between you and that image. So you kind of could sense it, but it's you can't really see it clearly. So I will start by reading some of the books, like 78 Degrees of Wisdom by Rachel Pollack. So, you know, just some read some read about research about that particular card that I feel like feel drawn to paint next. So and then I will just so I will have an idea of the image imageries that I wanna or the symbols that I want to include in that card. And for some card, I have a model. So the reader that I'm collaborating on, on this tarot deck, she has some models for me um, that, you know, that either tarot readers, astrologists, that they will want to be models for this card. And then I'll just scroll through their photos and try to stalk them on their Instagram, their website, Facebook, and whatever Google I can find of them. And and sometimes I will, you know, uh, sometimes I will Frankenstein their f- different body parts together <laughs> <laughs> in, Photoshop, in Photoshop. I'm not very good at Photoshop, by the way, so I just do very rough cut of this body part and stitch it with that body part and, and, um, and see if that works. But I will start right away um, with color. Mostly, most of the time, start with color rather than uh, grayscale. So that's one way I paint on this project. So it's like a pretty already worked out concept and composition. But even then, sometimes the in terms of the colors still change. So with the Empress, I think I wrote on my blog on the creative process is that this one, because I think probably reflective of my own blogs through embodying the Empress, is that I had so much change um, even after I decided on the concept and the and the drawing, changed the colors multiple times. Um, the colors of her robe, I changed it multiple times. <laughs> and where to place the, you know, the 12 six-pointed stars, I changed that position from the crown to, you know, uh, a necklace. So even then it could still change. So that would be uh, the first way of how, you know how I approach my work from concept to execution. Interesting. So, yeah, yeah. There's there's an interesting quote by Paul Gardner: uh, "A painting is never finished; it simply stops in interesting places." <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, I know. Yeah. And I actually was, um, I, I was actually, you know, I've been reading this uh, biography of Leonardo da Vinci, and it's how interesting he never thinks that his work's finished, and and. Of course, we know that you can keep working on it, keep adding layers. But Leonardo da Vinci, he never likes to let go. You know, he has the reputation of not finishing his work and abandoning his work. But we actually just 
I actually just come to understand the other side from reading his biography that it's not that he is so bad at finishing his work, but he sees it as never finished. He, as he as he learned new techniques and new knowledge about anatomy and how the light works, he just keeps wanting to perfect his painting and the work that he loved the most. He just want to keep close to him and keep working on it. So he never delivered to the, his clients. So. <laughs> It's exactly like what you say. <laughs> yeah, and I, it's 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 very it's very interesting because you can just keep going and going. Um, you know, perfection is the enemy of the good, right? Uh, yes. yes. <laughs> and you yourself so, yeah. have experimented so much, as you were describing. You know, you tried so many different elements to find what worked out for your empress. So experimentation seems to be a very big part of your creative process. Yes, and I just do, you know, um, very, for those I just do very rough, you know, concept, very tiny and rough concept sketches in a sketchbook, which is not even like a blank page sketchbook because when I have a, like a blank page sketchbook, I tend to want the drawing to look a little bit better. So I even just use notebook that has lines in it, you know, so that I don't care if the, you know, rough concept, the very first first concept sketches look really bad. So because they just want to, oh, okay, so this is, I, you know, for things that I don't even know if I'm, I don't care if they look right. I just know like, oh, this would be, you know, a tree or this would be the face, like this would be a wand or that kind of thing. So it's just to get the very foggy image in my head kind of on paper a little bit. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what, why I used a rude, a notebook instead of a sketchbook for my very first sketches. Yeah, that's my first uh, first way of conceptual execution. Nice. So knowing what you know now, what advice would you offer someone who wanted to be an artist? Hmm. I think if, you know, for, if you want to be an artist, just keep creating, you know, just keep creating and don't stop. That's the advice my mentor gave it to me too. So when I started painting, uh, Melinda Kutsona, she's an amazing figurative artist, works in California. And she um, saw my work on Facebook. That was when I was, I just started and she offered to support me, you know, and she just told me because, you know, we talked about, other things things besides just the technique of painting and she just told me to keep painting no matter what like life might be difficult things might come up and you feel like you can't do it anymore um you feel like other things are more important they are more urgent but you just have to bring yourself to keep creating keep painting no matter what and I think that would be the advice that I would like to pass on to. If you feel, if you want to be an artist, want to create um, in whatever ways, you know, music, paintings, drawings, um, writings, just to do it, no matter what, no matter what. And if you stop for days, weeks, don't feel guilty about it. Whenever whenever you remember or whenever you feel the urge to just do it, you know, sometimes we need to just push through the resistance and 
just say, okay, I'm just going to lay out some paint on the palette and paint something no matter what. That's when I, that's, you know, why I have my second way of painting the more expressive, expressive and loose way of painting is just to do something no matter what. Even if I don't have a very refined drawing, a very refined concept, I just splash some paint on the canvas and see what happens. Like, so I will do something, paint something no matter what. So I think that would be the advice. Just do it no matter what. Just keep painting, keep writing, keep making what you want to make. I couldn't agree more. And one of our biggest goals for uh, the show is to help share good creative work. So with that in mind, what is something that you think is very shareworthy? It could be a book, a film, a TV show, uh, another artist's work, an app, or some cool tool or product. Do I, can I name only one? Oh, you can name as many as you'd like. The more sharing, the more caring. Ah, okay. So in terms of podcast, of course, your podcast. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. And also um, another podcast for the artists would be the Savvy Painter podcast by Entries. Um, there are many, this just interviews of different artists and painters, you know, uh, mainly and their process and, you know, and also from the, the creative side to how to sell art and price your art. So I think that's a, you know, a very good, you know, painter, more painter focused podcast to listen to. So the Savvy Painter podcast. And um, another uh, resource in terms of creativity that I think would be pretty helpful if you are interested, you know, if the listener is interested to explore more of the, uh, you know, tarot side of things, there is a book called The Creative Tarot, A Modern Guide to an Inspired Life by Jessa, um, if I'm not pronouncing her name right, please forgive me, Jessa Crispin. So this is a pretty easy to read book on tarot, so you don't have to deep dive. But what's really interesting is is from a creative, so it's written for creative people, whether you are a writer, painter, or musician. So it if you it, it tells you what it means when a creative draws this card, what it could mean for you. And it gives you ways to work the cards when you're starting a creative project, you need some guidance and if you're in the middle of it, you need to reignite the uh, um, the spark, uh, get re-inspired, or you need to sort out the structure and from, you know, um, or how to get your work out there and checking if your direction is correct. So it has, you know, this is very helpful um, if the listener would be interested in, you know, a bit of self-help on their creative project because I think the answer is always, you know, already within us, but probably we need a tool to tap into our inner knowing. So for myself, I find the tarot to be a really good tool to tap into our inner knowing. Um, it's like, you know, it's like you have a well that you need water and the well is already within you. You need the bucket and to roll it down, you know, and the rope to roll it down. I think 
the tarot is like that. It's like the rope and the bucket that can help me roll down to my inner wisdom, the well of inner wisdom, and then roll it back up to get the, get the water, the message. So that's um, a very um, helpful as well. Yeah, I think um, yeah, I think this would be the um, two like really concrete kind of I think um, tools, podcasts, and a book would be the pretty more concrete resources that I can give. And um, if to give a not so concrete um, tool would be meditation, <laughs> and I think. <laughs> You know, and I know uh, even myself, when I started, it was hard to get into it. But now it's my daily practice. And if you can just give 10 or even five minutes a day, that's, you know, really good, you know. Right. Is there a particular type of meditation you practice? So for me now, what I'm doing is actually a type of meditation where I just incorporate um, the hand, um, the hand gestures. So. Basically, it's just uh, breathing, uh, you know. So I'm working on my heart chakra. So I'm doing a hand, um, a hand gesture that I learned actually from. If you go to Benabel Wen, she's also um, uh, an esoteric. She teaches a lot of you know Chinese, the Taoist, the Buddhist, as well as the Tarot, all kind of mixed together. She teaches that, and this is one I learned from her, and I just feel really drawn to it like this is the one that i can do every day so basically just a hand gesture where you just cross your uh, your palms um in front of your chest or your heart chakra area and you just imagine your heart chakra is the green color a green um tea green wheel like activating your heart chakra and imagine that expanding and inhale to the count of six Imagine your heart chakra, the green radiating and expanding and exhale to the count of 12, you know. Um, so basically, I am just doing this one and I have been doing it since last year. And I find it, you know, this is the one that I can, um, I really actually enjoy doing. And uh, I've been also increasing my time as well. So this is the one that I do right now. Hey, everybody. Before we get into our lightning round, just a quick announcement. Did you know that we record additional lightning round questions with every guest who comes on the show? It's unaired and exclusive for our Creative Lightning newsletter subscribers. These quick Q&As were designed to elicit actionable insights to help spark your imagination and propel you beyond your creative blocks. We uncover favorite resources and books and tackle issues relevant to all creators such as How do you stay motivated when it's hard? How do you generate your best ideas? How do you know when an idea is the right idea? What do you do when you are creatively blocked? To get our guests' answers to these questions and more, join the free email list at nextcreatorup.com slash creativelightning. And now, on with the lightning round. What's the most important part of your creative routine? Get in front of the canvas. What part of your creative process do you find most satisfying? Finishing a piece. You know, I, I have no problem of letting go or calling and calling a painting finished when I just look at it and it feels right. And I have, you know, it's so satisfying when this painting has, you know, that I feel, wow, that, you know, this is finished. Like, this is like, I have said what I wanted to say and that is good enough. You know, I, I don't want to become a perfectionist. I just want this thing to be good enough 
and I can let it go and move on to the next. So I find it very satisfying when I this painting is safe to be off the easel. When I'm hard on myself about my work, I remind myself that I can improve. What is something that some might consider a curse that is actually a blessing for you? It's a curse and also a blessing. Um, being hard on myself. I need to learn this in order to be where I am today. I need to learn to accept myself in order to be where I am today. Do you believe in being creatively blocked? Do I believe? In, um, I wouldn't say I believe in being creatively blocked because I don't want to make the the creative block a belief because I think that gives it too much power. Yeah, does that answer the question? Yes, of course. Um, ha have you been creatively blocked before, and if so, what do you do to unblock yourself? When I feel like you know I don't want to don't want to do anything what do i overcome creative blocks is to again just get in front of the easel just do something well lucy thank you so much for taking the time and for coming on the show i had an absolute blast uh talking with you and uh learning a lot more about your creative process and life so thank you so much for coming on the show ah uh, thank you so much aaron for inviting me to the show and yeah i really really enjoy chatting with you of course where can um people best find out more about you and your work yeah i think you know probably uh the easiest way to find me you can search on my youtube channel because i think we're probably on youtube a lot you can just go on youtube slash my name lucy chen so that's c-h-e-n or go to my website lucychenfineart.com um, so I think these are the places you can find me most easily. Or oh, my handle is Lucy Chen Fine Art on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, and on YouTube, I upload, uh, you know, video every week to give some little art tips or just some inspiration. So if that would be, uh, you know, probably a quick way for you to check out my work and, you know, hear more of my voice and even see how I look. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I will have all of those links in our show notes. Um, and Lucy, thanks again. I really appreciate it. I had a blast. Oh, thank you very much. Me too. Thanks so much for listening. If you're enjoying the show, the best way to support us is by leaving a review on iTunes. This helps us reach a wider audience, which enables us to attract more interesting and inspiring guests for future episodes. And if you want to learn more about today's guests and to find the links and resources we discussed, check out our show notes at nextcreatorup.com and click on the link for this episode.